0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Pam Pibus, she's certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you can believe it, we're already halfway through 2020. Thank gosh. If you have a, a DIY project on your summer to-do list, now is the time to jump on it. Also, when's the last time you checked on your garage door? We've got some tips for you there. Also, we'll look at the many uses for WD-40, which I cannot wait for you. I have all kinds of facts about WD-40 I've now put into my brain for forever. Join the conversation with this morning for uh, with your home improvement question. By calling eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send an email to FixIt one hundred one at mpbonline.org. dot org. How are you guys doing this morning?
1: Very good. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I'm doing great. So, what are you guys working on, Pam?
1: Well, I have to uh, confess. Wow! That I did something that we tell our callers never do. and um, You got on the <laughs>
0: roof, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Uh, I got up on a ladder. I had some friends in town, uh-huh. and they helped me. I have this beautiful piece of driftwood with some stained glass in it, and uh-huh. I hang it on my fence, and I put solar lights behind it. And I knew my friends were coming, so I thought, they can help me. So we took care of that task. And while I was up there, I thought, I'm just going to move the possum. I have a metal possum hanging from a tree, you know, some Mm -hmm. yard art. And my friend was like, well, do you need me to stay and hold the ladder? And I was like, no, I'm okay. No, of course not. No. And then I'm thinking, as I'm doing this, this is such a bad idea. And sure enough, right when I had that thought, the ladder went right out from underneath me, and I'm suspended there about two and a half feet up in the air yeah. thinking, that was not smart. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I landed behind the shrubs, and everybody started yelling for me and had to come and fish me out of the, out of the vegetation. Wow. So it was a bad idea to get on the ladder without someone holding the ladder.
0: You know what I heard about that story that really stays with me, Pam? what's that you had friends coming over and put them to work
1: i did oh yeah yeah Yeah. we always you if you're coming to my house i'm gonna put a hammer in your hand at some point (laughs) okay
0: yeah how about how about you jeff what are you working on
2: oh well i'm uh praying that we can have some um sunshine instead of all this rain it is very difficult better get in the next uh, few minutes man I know it is very difficult to do anything with this weather. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of office time if you will. Right. Straightening paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> Straightening very, uh, boring.
0: <laughs> well, um as a home project, I got busy this weekend. Uh there was it is a lot of fun. We had this uh this thing going on. We, we when my my wife, I don't know if you guys remember a while back on the show, I mentioned that I made my wife some shelves, some real interesting, unique shelves that she had wanted. So then I looked on the other side of the room, and I was like, you know, I need my own little nook over here, my own little desk kind of area, right? So I thought, no, but we got to do this Jason style. I'm not gonna, just going to go out and buy a desk and then sit in it. That would be way too easy, right? So I went to the big box store and got myself some giant uh, shelf holders, 18 inch shelf holders. These things are immense, but they're still decorative. So um, I went and took three of these shelf holders, put them on uh, put them in the sheetrock into the studs, right. Then I took a piece of um, uh, uh, just a piece of wood, a piece of plywood, believe it or not, and uh, polyed it, polyed it so that it looks kind of honey looking. And screwed it to the top of those three things, and I did the ultimate strength test that we've all learned on this program. How strong is it? See if you can stand on it. So I stood on on it. it. I stood on it, and it sat there on the wall, and I thought, you know, it's one of those moments where you kind of pound your chest and, uh, you know, I did it. It was great. (laughs) So, but anyway, that was the big project for this weekend. If you've got one that you worked on that you want to let us know about, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. WD-40. This is something I wanted to discuss with you. Pam, do you ever use WD-40? Every day. Love it. Uh, uh, Jeff, have you ever used (laughs) WD-40?
2: Uh, uh, yes, I don't use it every day. But, right, right. Uh, yeah, I like WD forty. Yeah, Pam, what are you?
0: What are you brushing I use it your teeth? On my joints?
2: Everywhere.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, I,
2: uh, okay, I remember my my dad did that or something.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, now listen, I'm going to give you uh, here's some here's some facts I just found out. Now, uh, first, a little trivia. Do either of you know what WD forty stands for? I do. Okay, go for it.
1: Me, 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 All right, Pam. it, means, um, it is uh, dispensing water. It is our dispersion water, but they were trying to come up with something that would um, lubricate and move the water away from a surface, and they got it on the fortieth try.
0: Okay, you're 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 there, you're you're swimming around it, but okay. It's, <laughs> it's water displacement. So yeah, to move the water away. Uh, Water displacement, the fortieth formula was the one that worked. Do you guys know that this was it was created in nineteen fifty-three, but it was never patented? And let me tell you why. And there's nothing like it in the world. Let me tell you why. It's no different than Coca-Cola or KFC. It's a secret formula. No one knows what's in it. As a matter of fact, it is created in parts in four different Uh, uh, plants or manufacturing facilities across the world and then put together in different ones so that no one knows what the formula of WD-40 is. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? All right. Um, So we've got someone on the line. Michael's on the line in Hattiesburg. And um, so what's going on, Michael?
3: Well, I've got a fan that I can turn on from two different switches. Uh Uh-huh. But it stopped working where I could turn it on on off one switch or turn it on off the other switch. But if I turn it off on one
2: switch, I can't turn it on on the other
1: switch.
0: Huh? Okay. All right. Jeff, Jeff is smiling at this one. Well,
2: well that's an easy solution. Yeah. It's, it's called a three way switch. And one of those switches have gone out. Right. Okay. Uh, so in other words, you can turn the fan originally you could turn the fan on on one side of the room, on or off. You could go to the other side of the room and turn the fan on or off, correct?
3: Well, I could turn it on on one, one side and then go to the other one and turn it off, and it would work. But now
2: I, I can only right. turn it on and off from the same switch. Exactly. Right. Well, right. that's called okay. a three-way switch. One of right. those switches has has gone out.
0: Right. And, Michael, I'm telling you, three-way switches were electricians' way of messing with our minds. Uh, now, when, yes. you, when you replace this, there are there are tools that will tell you which of those switches is correct. But let me say this. There's no reason not to replace both of them since the switch itself is no more than about three bucks uh, to replace both. But I've done it. Good, good point. Yeah, I've done this myself, Michael. And here's the big hint. Bring your cell phone. Take pictures at every single bit of the way. Three-way switches do not work or look like a regular switch. So you want to okay. make sure to take pictures along the way to know which wire goes where it's a big deal
3: gotcha okay well thank y'all very much and i appreciate it um y'all have a good day and really enjoy your show
0: thank you sir we appreciate it all hey. right number calls 877 mpb ring that's eight seven seven i've got a uh, an email here and uh th- boy this is going to be jeff pam are you with us I am. Yeah, these so are, this care? is this is something you guys are, are, are going to be very aware of. Okay. Got a question from Tim. He says, I'm working on a porch and railing of a Circulate 1800 home. There are many coats of paint on the surface. I can only imagine. Would it be better for me to remove all that old paint and then reprime and paint? Seems leaving the old and well-adhered paint would be the best practice and better protection. There is lots of checking, but that comes off easily with scraping uh so uh, um the question is should he scrape all this old paint off and redo, or should he paint over and go <laughs>
2: um, i I've got two schools of thought on that, okay one and the first one that comes to my mind, depending on um. Depending on the quality of the home back in in the 1800s when it when it when it was built, um, it very well could have lead paint. Uh, chances of that home having lead paint is probably greater than not. Right. So I'm a little worried about scraping it, and because that that's where you have to be very very aware of, of lead dust and breathing that right. and so on and so forth. Um, I'm almost inclined, and Pam, you jump in here, but I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm going to paint over. Uh, you know, Pam, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. going to encapsulate it.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point on that lead-based paint. Um,
0: and certainly from 1800s. Really I
1: mean, you should see the folks whenever they go in and take down a house that's got lead-based paint, and they're in their hazmat suits and their respirators and. You know, if you've got a good respirator mask, you could do that, but you've just got to be sure you're cleaning everything up and not leaving lead, you know, paint particles or anything. So I'm going to agree with Jeff. For me and for my weekend project, I'm probably just going to make sure there's not anything loose and maybe scrape that off, but then come in with a really good primer Another thing you've got to keep in mind is if that's an oil-based paint, you can't latex over that, can you, Joe? No.
2: No. So
1: you have to make sure that – and how do you – I mean, I'm going to ask a question. Maybe our listeners know. Maybe you guys know. How do you know if it is an oil-based or a latex?
2: Well, you can do a
0: test. What's the test?
2: Get get, – get – a paint thinner, put it on a rag, and if you, if the paint comes off, it is latex. Uh, if it's oil, it, it, it will not come off on the rag. Okay. So that, that's, okay. your, that's your litmus test, if you will.
0: There you go. Wow. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Okay, you know what, well, folks,
1: We're going to take a break real quick. Yeah. If it is, um, on lead-based paint, does it, was it always oil-based or was there latex lead-based paint?
0: Uh, it doesn't say. Uh, Jeff, do you, did you hear a question? Has there always no, been. No, a- I'm sorry. Right. Uh, go ahead, Pam, ask that again.
1: Well, is there, you know, because the older paints, um, I'm not even sure. Maybe a listener could tell us when latex actually jumped into the market, you know, because when I was a kid, I remember when we painted something, it was just a nightmare to try to get cleaned up. So the older paints may all be oil-based. And if that's the case, then you'll have to put some type of a primer on it. And then my question was, is all lead-based paint then, since it's an older paint, is it all oil-based? Or was there a latex, lead-based paint?
0: Huh. Uh, Jeff? A latex, lead-based
2: I, 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 okay. I, would, I doubt it. No, yeah. I, I can't. I mean, all us, I Pam. back in the day was not, was not lead either, from what I understand. No. So it was only your upper end, your high end products had the lead in it. it, it now, I'm sure we're going to get some phone calls saying, Jeff, you're wrong, which I'm used to that. But <laughs> right. I, I still... I don't think all paint had lead in it. So hopefully someone can call in. There you go. And and, and
0: If that's right. We'll leave it to our pros as we go to break. Uh, Yeah, we're going to take our first break of the hour. And today we're helping with your uh, summer projects and talking WD-40 and paint. Hey, if you're a painter or work with paint, give us a call and tell us uh, the answer to Pam's question. Also, if you have an unusual use for this wonderful product, WD-40, we would love to hear from it uh, from you. Also, if you've got a question, you want to join the show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Stamets from HouseWorks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, uh, so we were talking about the many wonderful uses of WD-4 and someone brought up the uh, if you've ever had kids in the house and they draw on the wall with a crayon this is your friend wd-40 believe it or not will help you wipe that crayon off the wall it just i'm serious if you if you've got it spray some wd-40 on the crayon mark wipe it with a rag and the crayon marks just disappear is that not awesome there you go i used for wd-40 you didn't even know you knew so there you go uh do you guys have have you guys used wd-40 for any uh kind of weird thing now you mentioned pam you use it for what
1: oh i was kidding i was saying i put it on my own joints because they're so creaky these days
0: (laughs) okay i got it now no
1: but i do use it one of my favorite things to use it for is sticky stuff. If something is like on a jar or glass and it's it gets like an adhesive stickiness yep. on it, mm-hmm. then you can spray that on there and it peels right off.
0: I, I, use, it. I use it to take the uh, labels off of pickle jars all the time. Exactly. Also, it works yeah. great on those uh, like oil labels that that you always get on your car glass, like on the on the windshield, you know, the when you get your oil oh, yeah. change, they You're put that sure thing that. up there. Yeah, it'll take it right off. Anything. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Okay, so let's go to email real quick. You guys ready? All right, we have a mold and mildew issue around a few of our AC vents. We've taken the covers off, cleaned the area with a bleach mixture, but the mold and mildew grows back. Man, how often do we hear this? Almost weekly now on the show. (laughs) That's Uh, right. Is there anything special we need to do? The vents are on the ceiling, if that matters. Uh, now, we've heard this a couple of times, so wh- what is our best practice there when you start seeing mold or, excuse me, microbial growth around your uh, registers in your home?
1: Well, first thing, don't use Clorox.
0: <laughs> no?
1: No. Uh-uh. Everybody thinks that that's the chemical of choice, but the problem with that stuff is that it is toxic if breathed. So, if you don't believe me, go take the top off a pool chemical bucket with Clorox tabs in it. And just stick your nose down there and see what happens. You'll wake up on the floor next to the bucket. Oh, (laughs) no, you want to use soap and water on that. And then probably, and Jeff can check me on this, um, probably what's happening is that boot for the register is not sealed to the sheetrock and you're getting backflow of air into the attic, which is causing everything to sweat. So if you can seal that gap and I've done this in my home, now I explain, explain,
0: explain so that gap the registers
1: us. off and taped up those edges and put the register back up there and you can't even see it. And it eliminated all the sweating.
0: Okay, so hang on just a second, Pam. Tell us where you're talking about taping up and edges, and, and what do you mean? Okay, I'm looking at the ceiling at a square register right now, um, and let's say it's getting a little green around the around the edges there. What what do I need to do? I need to take it out of the ceiling first, correct?
1: Right, you need to get a ladder and have a friend available. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we learned that in front of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: let me just stress having the friend available. Right. Um, you can get up on the ladder, and there should be two screws holding that register, In a residential. It's holding right. the register, and the register is the metal cap. Right. If you take that off and look up, you will see it looks like a metal bucket up there. Really? And at the end of that is the duct, which is running from that register, is what we call it back to your air conditioning system. Mm-hmm. It's the blood vein of, the, of your heart. Right. So if your HVAC is your heart, your veins run throughout the body. Well, the vein runs, which is a duct, and comes into your register, which then blows the cold air into right. your house. So well, if you take that register cover mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. you will see um, around the edges, it's probably not sealed to the sheetrock. So what happens when you put that register cap back on that boot, if it's not sealed, you're losing air that would literally blow back up into your hot attic and cause that area to sweat. And that's when you'll get your microbial growth Gotcha. It's because it's not sealed up. So if you take the register off and you look up and you see the bucket, you can get, uh, don't use duct tape because it will detach it. Almost immediately, you want to get what's called a mastic or a metal tape,
4: uh-huh.
1: and you can cut that and then seal up that hole. You're sealing the bucket to the ceiling sheetrock, wow. and you can go completely around the edges. You can also use. I don't like using caulk or something like that because you're you're having. It's like painting a ceiling, right? right? You're shooting up, but if you tape those edges you now have eliminated air going back up into the hot attic, and it should help with any sweating on the sheetrock that's around there. Now, another thing that could be causing that is that your system is really old or it's brand new. (laughs) If it's old, it's not getting rid of the moisture and might be causing some problems. And then sometimes when you put a brand new system in, and don't address any leakage in your ducting, Uh you'll end up sweating.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That was a long explanation. I'll pitch it over to Jeff to see if he's got anything. He needs to correct me on anything.
2: No, I do not. (laughs) Everything everything was perfect. I love that description.
0: All right. Uh, Well, there we go. Answer answer for the email. Hey, uh, we were talking WD-40 between a couple of other things that it can take care of. If you get really sticky fingers, like if you're working with some glues or something like that, WD-40 will pull it right off. No problem. It's great. Uh, paint rub from another car. So, like, if you rubbed, like, if two cars kind of have a little fender bender, you know, and uh, one car leaves a little paint on your car, you can take WD-40 to it or remove uh, the paint rub stains on your car and restore its original finish. If And also, if you, like, uh, polish your car too much and it has swirls and things like that in it, you can spray WD-40 on it, wait a few seconds, wipe it down, and it'll look like glass. Really. All right, let's, uh, let's go to Wayne in Jackson. He's got an issue. What's going on, Wayne?
3: Hey, uh, so what happens when you use... Latex
2: paint over oil-based
0: paint. What happens when you use latex over oil-based paint? Like yeah,
2: like y'all were talking about
0: a minute ago. Oh, it, it typically, uh, and one thing that you'll notice if you just paint it directly over a uh, say like a, a latex over an oil-based paint, you can take your your fingernail, your thumbnail, and scratch that paint right off. Typically. The the issue is that the oil-based paint doesn't leave a good a surface for the latex to bond to. Am, am I speaking in the wrong direction there, guys, pros?
2: It'll feel right yeah, Okay. You do not want to paint oil over latex, but you can put latex over oil.
0: Do you have to prep that surface?
2: Yeah, as long as you prep the surface first. Mm-hmm. So the rule is don't apply oil-based paint over latex. But you can put latex over oil. Okay. Just prep the surface, rough it up a little bit with some with some light uh light um um grit sandpaper.
0: There you go. Okay. So some light grit, not the not the 40 grit. All right good deal all right so what do you think wayne is that something that you want to do or have tried to do
2: no i was just i'm just wondering what happened that's all
0: right um okay well yeah give it a shot sometime i've done it i've I've painted over oil paints before especially trim around windows if you want to renew trim around windows a lot of the older window trim was oil paints and you can paint around that too so there you go all right uh number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Let's go back to the email. And this one's going to be a toughie, guys. You ready? Pam and Jeff, I have a double-hung pocket door. And one of them has come off the track inside the wall. Gosh, I hate pocket mm-hmm. doors. Uh, any suggestion yeah, on how cool. to repair? On how to repair it? Um, uh, by the way, if you could see the picture of Jeff with his head in his hand right now, just you know, <laughs> you know, he, you can tell what you think of pocket doors. Go ahead, guys. What do you think about this pocket door? Oh
2: gosh, I hate pocket doors. <laughs> um. Okay. Depending on the age, can can you get new new rollers? Is the track good? Uh, if my track, we're going to assume some stuff here because obviously we can't see it. But let's assume the track is good, and let's assume we can get some new rollers. Right. Um, we can we can replace the, the the rollers. We let's get the door out of there. Fish the door out. None of this is going to be easy. I'm going to tell you right now, none of it's going to be easy. It's frustrating, but try to get the door out, get it out to where we can put new rollers on it. Assume that the track is, is in good shape. Replace the rollers because that's what typically wears out first. Put that on your door and hang your door back. Uh, In fact, Jason, if you remember uh, uh, several months back, we did that at the studio.
0: Oh yes, you did. Um,
2: yeah, so we took the old rollers off. We fished the door out. We took the old rollers off. We put new rollers on, and it was it was as good as new. Yeah. Um, now, let's make this a little more complicated. Let's say the track is just wore out. Everything about it is wore out. Now, we're going to have to cut into that wall because remember a pocket door. Let's just say you have a three-foot pocket door. Right. You need you need six foot of travel. Because remember that door is going back in that wall three feet.
0: That's right. Okay.
2: So you may have to cut that sheetrock out to get a new track and a new pocket door system put in that wall. That would be worst case scenario. Cut sheetrock out, take the moldings off, get you a new pocket door system, put it in the wall. Put your sheetrock back, trim back, and paint.
0: Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound a problem at all. I, you know what, Pam, have you dealt with these things before?
1: Well, it's funny. I was so curious to hear Jeff's uh, comments because I was reviewing with a client on a home inspection last night, and there were pocket doors that were uh, off the track. Right. You know, and they were hanging cattywampus, as mama would say. Right. And, uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, I can fix that. And I was like, oh, That's one of those weekend projects that turns into a month.
0: Oh yeah, (laughs)
1: because that's just tough. If it were me, Uh because I'm all about simplification, I'm putting in a barn door.
0: Oh, oh, that's a good idea. So you're you're speaking of uh, like a uh, um, the barn doors, meaning the sliding barn door?
1: Yeah, like a track, and you can. It's real big in new construction now. I'm sure Jeff's done it. You just have to, whenever you do that, you've got to make sure that your wall space is is adequate on the outside. The thing about a pocket door is it goes into the wall, so it it disappears. If you're going to put in a barn door, it's the same theory, but you that wall that it's going to cover when it's open has got to be um, free of any obstructions. Right, right. I'm figuring out, I'd much rather do that, and they're just kind of cool right now, and you can get... The hardware is not as expensive and you can get a cool door to you right. know, kind of a decorative feature. But, yeah, I'm not going to tackle a pocket door. I'm going to hire Jeff to come over and do
0: that. And, uh, right, right. <laughs> Definitely not a DIYer. It, it's, a
1: little,
2: it's a little more complicated than, than what the normal homeowner is going to want to get involved in. And I've, I've What's your
1: hammer scale, Jeff? What's your hammer scale on that?
2: Oh oh gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it a three plus a four. I mean, it's, it's, it can get complicated quick. Now, again, if we're just changing rollers, very easy, pull the door off, put the rollers on you, you're, you are back in business.
0: I just, uh, uh, you know what, uh, pocket doors. I've never met one that didn't need a good maintenance. I just, I, I just never cared for them.
2: Unfortunately, that that's, you know, now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on, folks. Everything gets, take... better. Everything gets better with time. Our pocket doors are a lot better now than what they were, right. but it's still rollers on a track. Everything has a shelf life. So.
0: Right. It's time for another break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk garage door maintenance. When's the last time you checked your garage door? Oh, and be careful doing that. We have some simple DIY items that can help you with your garage door functions, so stay tuned. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And, Craig, we're coming to you soon after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein, here with Pam Pybus, Ashley's Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB Public Media app. Check that out. All right, let's go straight to the phones. Ann is on the line in Clinton. What's going on, Ann? I'm trying to
4: remove some wallpaper. Uh, we I'm did. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, about bought two kinds, me. I have a stripper It's not a problem. It's the other stuff. Uh, but we removed it, and we've got stuff on the wall. How do we clean it after we remove it? And then maybe there a better way to remove it than we did.
0: Ma'am, there is no such thing as a better way to remove wallpaper. That doesn't exist. It is absolutely one of the worst jobs in uh and uh, DIY or any other kind of home working—it's it, it, something about it, and especially the cheaper the wallpaper, the worse it gets too. Uh, ideas, Jeff and Pam. Any
4: suggestion to to get
0: it off? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff. Un- unable uh, to, hear Jeff to hear reason. Jeff for some reason. All right. All right. So, all right, uh, Ann, did you use a paper tiger? Is that what I'm hearing that you used?
4: Well, we just happened to use something we had at the house and, and used a spray bottle with water and a, a window scraper and got, got it off, but everything didn't come off.
0: Okay. All right. So, Jeff, are you back with us?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, there there's a there's a little helpful tool that you can get, and it doesn't cost much money. It's a buck or two, um, and it fits in the palm of your hand, and it's got three little wheels in it. Those, and you rub that across the wall, and what it does, it pokes thousands of little holes in that wallpaper.
0: Right. Yeah, that's what it, I was calling a paper tiger. It's it's you know it it's okay. supposed to poke holes. In yeah, your- I don't know
2: the proper name.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, its job is to poke holes in it so that when you spray it down with with a uh, a chemical of any sort, it's going to get behind that wallpaper and making it easier to come up. Is the idea? I'll say, is exactly. the idea. I've I've taken down many wallpapers and it all works a little bit, but none of it That's works great. right. Yeah.
2: Right, right. None of it. None of it is going to work like it's working in your mind.
0: No. no. Is
4: there a special chemical?
0: I've heard of hot water and vinegar. Hot water and vinegar, uh, Pam. Have you have you heard of any uh, easy, tricky ways to get wallpaper off?
1: No, I haven't. Minus, it's kind of one of those elbow grease situations where you're going to have to just really work it to get it down, and then. You damage If you damage that sheetrock and then you're going to come back with the paint, it just makes it really, really difficult. I will caution folks. One of the things that we've seen with wallpaper, which, you know, was really big back in the 70s and 80s, right. is a lot of folks came in and wallpapered their bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And that was such a horrible idea because that wallpaper will hold moisture behind it. And when you start trying to take it down in a bathroom, you may have microbial growth.
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Behind so the wallpaper?
1: Be very, very careful. I was actually working with a client last two weeks ago over in Bellhaven who was dealing with wallpaper that wasn't actually in the bathroom, but it was in an on an adjoining wall. And she started smelling something, and we were able to with the thermal imaging that we do get it right down to where we saw that there was some condensation and probably some problems there. So just be very careful when you start taking that stuff down. But um, I'm not sure I heard, and you said something about a chemical, and I would just be so careful about any chemicals that you use mm, to right. try to take something down. Folks don't understand how toxic these things can be.
0: Well, the one chemical she did mention, uh, uh, which was Hot water vinegar. And vinegar.
1: Hot water yeah. And vinegar. Yeah, you know, and I, I would probably try that. I've not heard of that. Maybe our listeners could give us some information on that. Right. Um, just take. Well, you once you're it. trying. Okay.
2: What you're trying to do, you've got a water-based glue on that paper. You're trying to break that glue down. So, I I agree with the hot water. Now I don't know what the vinegar's going to do, but definitely the uh, make it smell the, uh, like hot Easter. Water the, you know, DAP makes a chemical to break that glue down.
0: DAP. I wonder D-A-P. if
1: WD-40 would work.
0: Ooh, well, I mean, you know. Well, if you, of course, you get WD forty all over the water. ground. Uh,
2: yeah, see, WD forty is going to displace the water, and you don't want to do that. Uh-oh. You okay. want to get as much water behind that wallpaper as you can.
4: Okay, all
2: right. I've got good suggestions. We've got three more walls to go. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, thanks, hey, uh, Sorry call about your that. Friends. What? Call your hey.
0: Friends. Yeah, call it's, your friends.
2: It's a, it's a, <laughs> It's a wax on, wax off.
0: Yeah, yeah, for days. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Craig is in Biloxi. What's going on, Craig? Hey, good morning.
2: Uh,
3: I've done pocket doors, too, and I I don't like them either. I've had people put nails through the wall and nail the door open. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but okay. When when I you have to take some trim off to get to the rollers. So when I reinstall the trim, I use small screws so it can be worked on later.
0: You know, anything uh, that you're going to install at your house that you're saying I'm going to use different equipment so that I can fix it later should really be considered.
3: Yeah, well, that's the pocket door itself. But they, they don't last forever. They they will not last forever.
0: I mean, they're oh. they're groovy looking the first time you get them, but you know.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, I have some. Just real quickly, I had a, a friend and her daughter who were in her bathroom in an older house in Northeast Jackson. <laughs> and when the girl came in, she shut the door and she locked it. Well, they couldn't get it unlocked, and they didn't have a cell phone, so here now they're locked in their bathroom. Oh no. And the only way this is my favorite story about pocket doors, the only way they could get out, and it was the older ones that were holocor. They were they had a spoon and they literally dug their way through that pocket
0: door. Are you serious? With a spoon. <laughs> <To
1: get out. laughs> that's
0: that's desire right there. That's wanting to get out. Yeah, Jeff, that's wanting out now. <laughs> Jeff, what were you saying? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why they had a spoon first. Right? in so, <laughs> <Hey>, the
0: bathroom.
2: <laughs> anyway. Anyway, we you know, there's a reason we're putting pocket doors in houses. It's not because we just love pocket doors. The designs in some of these houses mandate there's not enough room for a swing door, so that's why we're putting pocket doors. So, wow. Um I don't want to beat up on a pocket door, you know, too much pocket door has their place in, 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 in our lives. Right. We just have to know they, they are going to wear out just like the paint on the wall, your car, everything else, the appliances in your house, they're all going to wear out. Right.
0: All right. Um, Well, thanks, Craig. I hope you got what you needed on that. Uh, Oh, and how you maintain that pocket door, we really appreciate it. That's a great idea. Use smaller screws so that you can get back to it. All right. Let's uh, go to Mary in Oxford. Mary, what's going on?
3: Uh, I have a question about what um, the wall uh, is
0: made of. With wallpaper?
3: With the wallpaper, uh-huh. uh, you know, if you put uh, eggshells in vinegar, it will, dilute, you know, dissolve them. And I was wondering, depending on what the wall is made of, if the vinegar would dilute, dissolve some of the wall, cause a problem with the paint. That's all I had to say. But that's I, a, I don't, that's I don't a, know what the uh, wall door is made of.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. I wouldn't think that the vinegar would have any effect on either um, uh, sheetrock, um, aside from getting the paper wet. You know what I'm saying? But that's not uncommon, especially if you're trying to take uh, wallpaper off. The, the, you know On, on sheetrock, when you install sheetrock, it actually has two very uh, thin pieces of paper that cover the outside of it. Uh so the the sheetrock is actually covered in paper. So that paper can get wet and kind of ripple a little bit. That's what happens when uh when you're trying to take the uh, wallpaper off. If you get it too wet, you'll get that ripple. Well, the ripple is what you want when you're pulling off wallpaper. But the uh ripple in the paper for the sheetrock is is not a good idea cuz that that will always be difficult to get out of the wall.
3: That was my question.
0: <laughs> right, that's a good point. That
3: would affect that.
0: Very, very good. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Mary. All right, let's keep on going.
2: Well, um, you know, just for that, that caller, a small amount of water on that sheetrock is not going to hurt it. Sheetrock has moisture in it already or it would just fall apart. So a small amount is, is fine.
0: Right. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. Uh, this is a good question. And Jeff, as the contractor on the show, and I guess Pam, uh, you know, uh, you, you actually have to compete with your, uh, competitors also in your business. So here's a good question. I requested, this comes from Kay. I requested an estimate on foundation repair from a second company. She was doing her due diligence and getting more than one quote. And they asked for a copy of the first company's drawing of the house with elevations. Is this common practice? And how would you respond to the company?
2: Absolutely, is not common. Uh, let, let's back up. The first thing I want this listener to do is hire a structural engineer. Mm. Let them write the report of what needs to be done, and you can get this done for five, six hundred bucks, okay, depending on the complexity. But get the get the licensed structural engineer to write the report. Send that report out to multiple foundation companies and let them quote that for you off of that report.
0: Oh, wow. Thank you, Jeff. That that's is right the on. the
2: proper way to get your foundation quoted. Do not call the foundation company and say, come give me a quote. Get the structural engineer first to write the report. Send the report out to various companies for that quote. And of course, they're going to want to come do a site visit, and that's fine.
0: Okay. Okay. We
2: do it. We 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 do it every day.
0: Okay. Wow. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, I it never occurred to me uh, to get the structural engineer and then have others bid. Uh, this person, I'm sure. I want was-
2: the and reason the reason for the structural engineer. I want the structural engineer's name on it. I want his stamp on it. I want his reputation on that piece of paper.
0: Okay, all right. That makes sense. Thank you, Pam. Anything else to add on that?
1: No, I agree with everything Jeff said. Very good.
0: Okay, let's keep rolling. Keith's on the line in Gulfport, uh, and you've got an odd use for WD forty, Keith.
3: I do, and I just uh, used to fish commercially, and I would spray my lures with the WD forty. And because it's water displacement, it actually makes like a envelope around the lure, making it more visible to the fish. What? I wow. Caught, wow. I, I caught I more fish that. that way. And also, when you lube your lures after that, it ke- helps to keep the rust away because it is water displacement.
0: Whoa, it never occurred to me that you would use that on a fishing lure. And yeah. you're are, so, now are you going to go on record saying it helps you pull fish in?
3: Yes, I will. Oh. Yeah. And I would also now say this, you, could this is, is, so you could put it on plastic. So you can put it on plastic worms too cuz it's still water displacement. So you can if you're with me, to me it creates a bubble around the lure so the fish can actually see it better. Okay. Now
2: but, are we talking freshwater, salt water or does it matter?
3: It does not matter, because you you all you're doing is increasing visibility of the
0: lure. Wow.
3: Oh. Uh, I like idea.
2: Now,
0: so, I'm going to be doing uh, research on that this weekend, Keith. I can assure stuff. you. The,
2: the, only thing, the only thing I don't like about that would be the smell. So, but obviously, you're a commercial fisherman, so I don't guess the smell bothered the fish at all.
0: So it smells well, a heck of right. a lot better than the fish. It uh no I
2: mean, I mean whatever the
3: residual is, you're gonna clean the fish immediately anyway. So it's not like you're just directly consuming any of it, but it's uh it does work. I mean if you give it a shot, if nothing else, your lures will thank you for it.
0: There you go. Thank you so much for that. Keith. Hey I agree I agree. That's great. I'm gonna try it this weekend. If I don't catch a whole bunch, it's on you, Keith. All right, uh let's keep on moving. Nancy's on the line, and Byron, what's going on, Nancy?
4: Hi, I have a dinner plate-sized leak above my bathroom sink on main floor. There is a bathroom above it, and Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that leak may be coming from the toilet up there i don't know i haven't inspected it myself but my question is it has shorted out the light above my main floor bathroom sink and i'm wondering do i need an electrician do i need a plumber
2: or do i need both
0: well um Um, actually
2: you need yeah 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 you need a plumber to fix the leak you need an electrician to work on that then you need a a, uh, a a contractor to repair sheetrock and paint.
0: So is this something that you would hire a a, gen, a general to do?
2: I I think I would. I, I think this is this is above the normal the normal homeowner. I I don't think this is something that you want to tackle on your own.
0: And certainly not when you mix the water with the uh electricity up there. With
2: the electricity, right? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So, Whoa. Nancy, you could I, hire those two people, or you could, which which goes, uh, you know, if you hire a plumber, that means you don't just hire the first plumber. So, instead of going through the rigmarole of hiring, you know, or, or looking at six different people to fill two jobs, um, you could simply hire a general contractor and use their folks. I'll
1: and try- let me make a suggestion, yeah. too. Um, yeah. Something that you can do on a project like that, and we see this a lot in the... When we do a home inspection, folks are like, okay, well, who do we get to fix this? These realtors, uh, especially a seasoned realtor, someone who's been around for a while, they have names of folks who come in and do repairs exactly of what you're talking about. So if you've got a realtor friend or if you see a lot of signs for a specific realtor in your area, you may want to just give them a call and tell them what's going on. And they might have... In their pockets and the names of some folks that could help you out that could do all of that for not
0: you. not a bad way to find contractors anyway. Um, Jeff, you're, you you yes. look like you were going to say something to that.
2: No, 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 I'm good. Yeah. Just, okay. just I, I, I think I'm going to just going to hire a, a qualified, uh, we'll call them handyman qualified contractor to handle that entire deal. Um, It's an, it's a insurance claim, but it's probably not big enough to turn in on your insurance.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So you're all right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it, Nancy. Let's, uh, let's keep going. You know, we started talking about, uh, WD 40 at the top of the hour and, and some of the, some of the weird stuff going for it. Remember, it's water displacement 40th formula. There's where the WD and the 40 comes from right there and all the stuff that it can be used for. Now, I want you to think about this one because it's very important these days. Here's a great DIY trick with WD 40. The eye sensor. On uh, uh, the cameras, the little the little eye sensor on like a garage door and those things, anything that's got a sensor that uh, you have to see out of a lot of times those things either have glass over them or like a plexi. And if they have Plexi, which is a plastic product, if you put WD40 on that plexi product it will fill some of those scratches and gaps and make the uh, make the uh, the picture a lot better PS try that on your rear view camera on your car put a little dab of oh, WD40 on that camera and you'll be surprised with how well it looks after that all right folks that's cool. it I know right. There we go. That's it. That's the end of the show. And uh, uh, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Think Radio is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Simmons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.